first thing in the morning. It's first thing on WJR. Here's Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Well, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, uh, Jim Harbaugh is officially out at Michigan on his own volition. I, I, I kind of made it sound like he was fired. He's, he's out at Michigan because uh, he's finally uh, taking that uh, Chargers job, that NFL job that seems to have kind of eluded him uh, that he's been flirting with over the past few years. Uh, do we know any numbers yet? You know what? I was. Are you there? Yep. I'm sorry. You cut out for a second, Mike. Oh, did I? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking for uh, I, I was looking for numbers this morning. Uh, haven't seen any, but I'm sure sure it's quite lucrative. Uh, I'm sure because uh, didn't Michigan come back with a quite lucrative offer? Uh, they did. And they wanted um, him to sign some kind of deal that he wouldn't be looking for a, a, a job in the NFL for for a while. Um, obviously he wanted those assurances that he couldn't get fired no matter what came out in an NCAA investigation and that there had to be a, a, a panel of three people to fire him, which to me, I think that was one of the biggest tells that, that he was out of here. Yeah. And, and I have to say my Mich- the Michigan fans in my life, they seem to be taking it well. Um, number one, I think they, they've been prepared for this. I mean, Yesterday, uh, yesterday, b- before they even announced that Jim Harbaugh was leaving, they were talking about who he might be taking from his Michigan staff to the NFL. Um, and most people were thanking him for the national championship and wishing him well in the NFL. I mean, he's 60, so he has another decade or so of coaching. So so there's time, but the window is closing. And, and one of the things I, I, I saw people keep saying over and over, Renee, was thank you for the national championship. Uh, I'm glad I was able to see it with my dad. Kind Aww. of like, kind of like you know the the, the Lions playoff run, right? Um, and I think that resonates with us as we get older and we we realize our parents aren't going to be around forever. And um, you know, it's been since 1996 or 97 since it was the last one. So they they were uh, the last time they won uh, that shared championship. So you know that that was kind of what I was seeing. Like, hey. Thanks, Jim. You did the job. You kind of gave us this gift. Now, now go get that that Super Bowl ring. Sure. I mean, you wish him well. Of course, selfishly, we'd all love to keep him. But you, you can understand. And all you can do is wish him well and thank him. Well, and other people are saying, hey, that's a good move, Jim, because uh, if you if you stayed at Michigan, you probably get suspended next, <laughs> next season. So. You know, I, I think of those clauses that he wanted. It sounds like stuff I needed in my 20s if I was seeking employment. Should right. anything weird come out? Just Look, know. <laughs> I'm I deny it all. I deny it all, but you can't fire me for right, it either. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I would like to see Sharon Moore. If, if, if Jim Harbaugh doesn't take uh, Sharon Moore with him to the NFL, I'd like to see him maybe get a shot. He it, earned it. It sounds like that's happening. I mean, that's kind of what I gathered. Yep. I, I know a couple people who are like, I heard it. Uh, it's a done deal. They just can't announce it yet. So mm-hmm. that'd be great. I think he earned it. He 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 was on the sideline for those last three games. Two of their last, two of two of their most um, uh, tough regular season games at the end, and and he he helped guide them to an undefeated champion uh, season and a national championship. So um, I think everyone would be happy to see Sharon Moore take over for sure. Jim Harbaugh. All right, so last night was the state of the state, and I got to tell you, Renee, I don't, 
I don't put a whole lot of stock into these speeches. No, they're kind of they're kind of like a mix of a pep rally and a student <laughs> council president campaign. Where it's saying, a, I, yep, we're, exactly. We're going to have a McDonald's in the cafeteria and a roller coaster on the playground. But there were a, ice there cream were a with couple, a wooden spoon. Yeah, every every uh, Friday <laughs> um, that it, as the kids would say that that wooden spoon hit different. But yeah, way. Um, <laughs> But there were a couple things of substance that she highlighted and and introduced. Yeah, she called for increased investments in education through initiatives such as free community college for all high school graduates and uh, free preschool for four-year-olds. And then she uh, focused on cutting costs for residents. She highlighted an investment of over a billion dollars to build or rehabilitate housing in the state, saying that they plan to build, baby, build. She also called on lawmakers to pass a tax tax credit, <clears throat> excuse me, of up to $5,000 for caregiving expenses, including counseling, transportation, and nursing or respite services. Uh, the governor also used the opportunity to highlight policies implemented by Democrats in 2023, which was their first year with full control of the agenda in over four decades. And many of the proposals, including the free community college plan and Whitmer's call for the pre Free pre-K for four-year-olds by the end of the year. That's going to require funding in the upcoming state budget. So it remains to be seen how soon, if at all, those initiatives will be brought before state lawmakers. Uh, Several key proposals that she called for last year, including paid family and medical leave, that's yet to receive approval from lawmakers and remained absent from her speech. So the state house is set to remain deadlocked until special elections in April. Yeah, you know, well, the 2024 legislative session began on January 10th. Still, few votes have occurred so far, so we'll see. Yeah, because uh, there are a couple state legislatures that that got elected to mayors of their city, uh, Wayne Warren. and Warren. Yep. So, yeah, and that's kind of what I was saying. I mean, who knows how many of these things that are proposed during the state of the state actually get done? I, I mean, I think more so um, with these past few years because. Um, Whitmer has had control of the state house and state Senate, but you're absolutely right. Um, right now it's, it's deadlocked in the state legislature and it'll probably go back to pro Democrat after those special elections because Warren and Westland are heavy Democrat cities. But, uh, in the meantime, they're deadlocked. And then you had the eighties puns. Oh my gosh. I, you and I were texting back and forth. I said, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the first five were kind of fun, and then it's like, uh, all right, like they're not they're not landing. Okay. I, I'm not even listening. I'm not. What's that? I was like, okay, especially when she said, and we're coming out. I'm coming out with LGBTQ. Yeah, that was a little what? risky. Oh my god! I, I think Gretch got away with the one there, but Woo. I mean, what, eventually, what what started happening is I was listening for the puns and wasn't really listening yeah, to what she was saying. It was distracting. It was it was her mom jokes. <laughs> right. I mean, I like the spirit of it. It just went I on did a too. Long. And you know what? She looked great. She it was obviously supporting Honolulu Blue and Silver. And she had her Lions pin on. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I don't think she knew Jim Harbaugh left because she kept she kept talking about the national championship Michigan Wolverines, which you know, she probably still would have anyway, but I thought she might have you know, you know, maybe if she knew, she would have said, and congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Thanks for everything. But I don't think anyone in that chamber knew because it broke like right before her speech. Yeah, like literally as she was walking out. Yeah, so they probably all had their cell phones off or whatnot. And they probably, once they got out, they're like, dang. So uh, a jury has been seated for the Jennifer Crumley manslaughter trial. 
Um, opening arguments begin at 8.30 in this morning, and then the prosecution goes first. And look, brace yourself. We're going to hear a, a lot of painful old reminders, things we, we already know. Yeah. And there might be some shocking new info that, that comes up. The trial is um, expected to last two to three weeks. And the family of, the, of uh, the students who died during the Oxford High School shooting, they plan to attend that trial. Steve St. Juliana, father of Hannah St. Juliana, Craig Schilling, father of Justin Schilling, they say they plan on attending um, specifically. Wow. Craig Schilling said he's taking leave from his job as a union electrician to be there, saying that he wants to be there firsthand to see it through. Steve St. Juliana said that he plans to go there to make clear that the accountability the uh, to um, – to communicate the accountability the parents both have had in their son's final actions. James Crumbly, the shooter's father trial dates is set for March 5th. And you really hope for a guilty verdict here um, because you you know, you just, you you really just kind of hope for some closure and some healing for these families. Yeah. The jurors are uh, five. There's, there's 10 women and seven men because there's 12 jurors with five alternates. So 10 women, seven men, um, and yeah, you know, going back on those parents, that just shows you the level of strength. I don't know that I personally could sit through and listen to all that graphic detail again. Uh, so that really no. says a lot about those folks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that 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 wound was kind of picked at during the Miller hearing, which was yeah. necessary, but still painful. Uh, yesterday, Joe Biden finally got his endorsement of the UAW at their politics conference. The UAW made him sweat it out a bit, making him promise to not let the EV transition be a job killer. Um, not much of a surprise, and I'm not really sure how much these endorsements mean or actually help. But, hey, Sean Fain was wearing a suit, so that was. I didn't recognize him at first. Right. He was all dressed uh, it, and groaned up looking. Right. I, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen him wearing his camo uh, polo, but look, he's <laughs> he's his own man. That's right. And, and real quick, Russia um, is coming out talking about that plane crash that killed the uh, 65 Ukrainian soldiers on their way to a prisoner swap. Yeah, it was carrying 74. We know 65 of them were Ukrainian prisoners of war uh, to be swapped. It crashed Wednesday in a border region near Ukraine. All aboard were killed. It wasn't immediately clear what caused the crash. Footage of the crash posted on social media showed a plane falling from the sky and then a massive ball of fire erupting where it apparently hit the ground. Firefighters, ambulance, police rushed to the site of the crash. Two senior Russian lawmakers alleged without providing evidence that the plane was brought down by missiles launched by Ukrainian forces. And shortly before the crash, a missile alert had been triggered in the region and warned residents to take shelter. Uh, speaking on his morning call with reporters, President Vladimir Putin's spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that he could not comment on the crash as he did not have enough information about it. So this is something that we're probably going to learn more about over the next few days. Yeah, and obviously you don't really believe, uh, you're very skeptical of anything that Russia that comes plans, out of Putin's cause mouth. Because <laughs> this, this is just as much a propaganda war as it is a, you know, a combat. Mm-hmm. It's uh, first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. All right, Renee. Well, somebody needs to tell Stephen A. Smith that it seems like the city's economy has made a nice comeback after being on a defibrillator. <laughs> uh, according to StubHub, the NFC Championship game tickets are up. 85% from last year's matchup between wow. um, these, same, these same 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles. With tickets going for only about $500 uh, this time, which is actually down a bit from the first two rounds. But that makes sense because this is an away game, and those ones were at Ford Field.
Still cheaper than a Taylor Swift ticket. Yeah, that's true. So make so choose wisely, I guess. Right. Um, I do expect to see a lot of Honolulu Blue though in Santa Clara on Sunday. Um, was it is it Delta that's adding more direct flights? Yeah. There's so many people flying out there. Yep. Delta is adding a, a one flight. It's actually going to carry an extra 190 passengers. So. That's awesome when they're redirecting flights so that they can accommodate Lions fans. Sorry, Butte, Montana, you're out of luck. You're (laughs) going to have to take a Greyhound. You know, I heard uh, on the news yesterday that last weekend's game alone pumped $50 million into the city of Detroit. Yep, and that's on top of the $20 million from the wild card round. That was just in parking alone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Right. Where are the other numbers? Yeah, the well, bars and restaurants will come close. They brought in $25 million. Yeah, um, yeah but the, uh, that's great news. And and we've been talking to Claude, Claude Molinaru from Visit Detroit all over the, the station over the last couple of weeks. And he's been sa- he, he, he told us this is exactly what's going to happen. So next year when they get first round, um, they get first round advantage all throughout the playoffs and make it to their second straight Super Bowl, it's going to be an even bigger boon. I love economy. it. I love the way you think and speak. Mike Parsons. Hey, I'm all in. Like, uh, see, and how can you not think positively with that man at the helm? Exactly. Um, Vivid Seat says that uh, 22% of seats sold for Sunday's game are Lions fans. Wow. So. That's impressive. <laughs> I mean, especially traveling to the West Coast, absolutely. Yeah. The other side of the country. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we love our team and we love this run. There's no denying that. Uh, John Stewart returning to the Daily Show as ex- executive producer and host on Mondays. Uh, the show will continue to be hosted by a rotating lineup of guest hosts the rest of the week for now. I didn't know that John Stewart, he actually, when he left the Daily Show in 2015 after a 16-year run, he went to Apple TV to do a show with them, and he ended it last year of a frustration with how much control Apple wanted over the show. I didn't even, I didn't know that. You know why? I I don't watch anything on Apple TV except for Ted Lasso, and that's done now too. I mean, I don't know what great programming they have, or they don't market it very well. Yeah, I think the first big show they were pushing was the morning show. It was like a takeoff of the Today Show. I think Jennifer Aniston was on it. And oh, then that's Ted right. La- I forgot about uh, that. And then you're right. There's Ted Lasso, and that's about it. So I, I have to say, Renee, it's going to be interesting to see a John Stewart daily show in the Trump era. Um, he he left in 2015 before, um, you know, the, the whole Donald Trump thing happened. And it'll be interesting to see if the two of them got get into a back and forth. It would have been really interesting to see if the Daily Show has been on this whole time. Right. But I don't know. I kind of feel, and of course, John Stewart could not have anticipated what's happened in the political landscape since he left. But I, I kind of feel like he left us right when we needed him the most. He did. Um, I mean, you on his social media, he would throw things out every once in a while, his take on things. But yeah, it was nothing like having him on the Daily Show. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor Noah, he had a nice run, but it was different, right? It was I different. didn't, I didn't care for Trevor Noah to be honest. It wasn't my favorite. Yeah, and and, and to be fair, I I kind of fell off the Daily Show kind of towards the end of John Stewart's run anyway. But obviously, he's he's the goat, so it'll be interesting to see um, what he does with this election cycle. He's going to be doing the show once a week, at least through the end of the election. And then um, 
and then question mark. We'll see what happens after that. Uh, <laughs> there might be big changes coming to uh, uh, one of our, I wouldn't say more time-honored holidays, but uh, Groundhog's Day, nonetheless, might be looking a little different if PETA has anything to say about it. Yeah, they're raising a stink about using real groundhogs to predict the pretend weather. Um, They are again calling for Punxsutawney Phil to be retired, and now they're offering to replace him with a giant gold coin, which would be flipped, with one side calling for six more weeks of winter and an early spring on the other. Now, it's unclear if this coin actually exists yet, but in one PETA image, it looks bigger than Phil, maybe a couple feet in diameter, so... I don't Sounds know. dangerous. I know. So why a coin? Well, Puxatani Phil has been making predictions since 1886, and he's only been right about 39% of the time. So they argue that we'd be better off with a coin. PETA says groundhogs can't make heads or tails of the weather forecast and shouldn't be jostled around by large members of a different species and thrust in front of noisy crowds for a photo op. Also, we need a new name for Groundhog Day. And PETA suggests something like, Weather, there'll be more winter day. Weather, yeah. get it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it, it's like did, a Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer. <laughs> I was going to say, did Gretchen Whitmer write that pun? Um, doesn't really have the same ring as Groundhog's Day. And Number one, six six more weeks of winter from February 2nd here in Michigan would be early because winter <laughs> stretches until May. So if, if our winter was over in mid-March, I think that'd be a big improvement. Yeah. And um, this coin, what? <laughs> you know, I don't hate the coin idea. Here's the thing. And I'm not saying we need to get rid of Punxsutawney Phil, but it's something to look into. And I'm a meat eater, but for years, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I feel like this poor groundhog, He's he's paraded out in front of all these people in a cage. He looks absolutely terrified. I've got questions about Punxsutawney Phil. Number one, how is he treated? I don't know. Every he looks other... fat and jolly to me. I kind of want to live that life. <laughs> yes, but is he happy? Are his emotional needs being met? <laughs> I don't know, uh, number Mike. Two, what's that? I said, I don't know, Mike. <laughs> number two, where does, where does he live? You know, if, if he's being treated well, um, you know, the, the rest of the year, then fine, keep him. But I would at least like to, to, to know that he's being taken care of and he's not being freaked out by the big, by the big crowd that uh, descends upon his town uh, once a year. Because as far as I know, Punxsutawney, nothing's going on in that town ex- for the other 364 days a year. I didn't even know that it was actually a real town, honestly. Oh, yeah, it is. I know. Yeah. Now I know, but it, it took me a while to realize that was a real town. Well, and then every, you know, every state kind of has their own. I forgot I forgot what our animal is, but it, it, it's at a, out at the Howell Nature Center. and um, Is that the wolverine? It, I don't. It, that's our state animal, but I don't think that's our ground. That that's our ground. Oh, I didn't animal. realize that we had our own version of a groundhog. I know it's the construction oh. barrel. Uh, this is what happens when I'm unprepared. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll look into but, that. I, I'm intrigued. Oh, it's a Woody. Know. Woody the Woodchuck. Okay, it Woody is? the Woodchuck out in Howell is what? Michigan's groundhog. How did well, I, I never know. hear of this? I feel like I this know. is a field trip I missed or something. <laughs> 
We should, we should see if we can broadcast live from the Howell Nature Center and interview Woody the Woodchuck. First thing, we bring you yeah. all the breaking stories. We're live from the Howell Nature Center. Oh, we bring you first reaction to Woody the Woodchuck's prediction. Yeah. Woody, how's the uh, how, how how's the forecast looking? That good, huh? The story right. has derailed. We're so dumb. All right. Um, so Jason Kelsey, you know, he he's America's new sweetheart after going hard for his brother in Buffalo last week, cheering like a madman with no shirt on and <laughs> helping the young girls in the crowd get a glimpse of their queen, Taylor Swift. But it turns out there's one person who, who didn't find it so charming. Oh, yeah? And that that was his wife. A <laughs> little embarrassed? So, well, and, and I think that was predictable <laughs> that the one person who, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't find uh, Jason Kelsey to be adorable with his shirt off at a at a at a football game since his wife. It turns out that was the first time Jason and his wife, Kylie Kelsey, were meeting Taylor. Yeah, I thought and that was I, interesting. Yeah. Well, I you know, she's busy. They both play NFL football. I, 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 I can see the logic in it. Um because, you know, Jason had his own playoff game to worry about as a future Hall of Fame center for the Eagles. And they got eliminated and he retired. And I think he decided to let loose. He's like, look, I've been I've been playing football for however many years. I'm now a pedestrian. I'm just going to go off. He there was, there earned was... it. Let him have it. Calm down, Mrs. Uh, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the thing was, she was like, you got to be on, on your best behavior. Not not because we're meeting Taylor Swift. But because we're meeting your brother's girlfriend, you know, (laughs) I can hear this on the car ride there. (laughs) Right. And and so he said, I'm not, which sounds a bit aggressive for Jason Kelsey. But he goes, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm doing this. He said that he was blackout drunk (laughs) when they first met. So it's part of his charm. And, uh, you know, Taylor was polite. I guess Travis told Jason on their podcast that Taylor said that she loved meeting them both, which could be true or it could just be her, you know, being a new girlfriend and, and just, you know, trying to be nice and, and, and diplomatic. But um, here, here's the thing, Renee. I think anyone with a brother or, or a sibling, for that matter, could relate with what was going on at the Chiefs-Bills game. If you have a brother or a sister or a sibling – you are either the sibling making a spectacle and embarrassing your sibling or you're the sibling being embarrassed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was just two brothers. <laughs> wait, so wait, Jason's older though, right? Yeah, Jason's, yeah, Jason's a little bit older. I was going to say a uh, little brother, but that no, not the case. <laughs> well, and I guess I guess there's video of Patrick Mahomes' dad leaning out the window saying saying, "Hey Jason, your wife says to get your bleep back into the suite. <laughs> this is gold. I love this. So, you know, I think anyone with a spouse can relate. To oh, yeah. Because, you know, once upon a time, she probably found the, the shirtless maniac bit to be endearing. But, you know. Sure, when they after, were in their 20s. Right. But after, it's like, look, you're you're a husband and a father. You've got kids. <laughs> like, some decorum, Jason. <laughs> Could you imagine the conversation the next morning? He's all hungover, probably wanting McDonald's. Uh, what happened? <laughs> Sorry, babe. Out. You're right. Uh, uh, what What happened at the game yesterday? I don't remember. And then she just turns it on ESPN. <laughs> yes. Here, let's look at the highlights, shall we? <laughs> you know what I would have loved to have seen? I would have loved to have seen Mama Kelsey come out of the suite and, like, drag Jason back inside by, by his, his ear. ear. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you you settled down. So yeah, like all right, I said, enough I mean, of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, we are going to uh, take a quick break. Guy Lloyd and Jamie are uh, up at Lansing, so we'll set the stage for their broadcast. It's first thing, and Mike we Parsons, head out Renee to Mike Lansing, JR, where Guy Lloyd and Jamie, the JR Morning Crew, are hey uh, bring. What's that? I said, hey there, present. Hey there. You guys are uh, out there bringing us. Uh, you guys are going to have post state of the state analysis covered from all angles. She gets credit for being brief. Yeah, that was that was a quick little sucker. I mean, when you and when you put in there the uh, applause, I mean, it's it makes it even shorter. Yeah. <laughs> what exactly. about those you, uh, music? If you puns. take out the obligatory and all of yeah, and how many of those were just lions references? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Right or, oh, or yeah. like Renee said, you know how how did we feel about those puns? The the eighties yeah. uh, okay. songs. <laughs> I I kid you not. The on mom Spotify jokes. this morning. Yes. There is a state of the state playlist. No way. <laughs> yes, there are one dozen songs. I love it. Um, well, wow. here, here's the thing. We were talking about it earlier. After a while, I, I stopped listening to what she was saying. It was just kind of it was kind of like a drinking game in my head. I was listening <laughs> for the puns. Okay, was it fun or was it just cringe worthy? And did you say did Guy Gordon's lack of a sense of humor infect the governor? <laughs> I thought you. I, I said to myself, did Guy write this speech and come up with all these puns? <laughs> And she didn't do it the whole speech. She kind of did it like halfway, and then you just didn't hear yeah. anymore. And then you know? she came back with a couple at there at yeah. the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank um, God it wasn't the whole time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, agree, I mean, Jamie. here's the thing. I I liked I liked the spirit of it. I think maybe four or five would right. have been uh, all right. It went on a little long, yeah. uh, but uh, I don't know. It's I. You yeah. know what? I got to say, I. I admire her for sticking to the bit, even though you could tell that most of it wasn't landing. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was one chumble wumble over the line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when she said, I'm coming out, you know. That's that was, a, I know. That was the that, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the best one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she really did that, huh? Yeah, right. that, exactly. Renee, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like I said, I mean, may, may, maybe it, it was kind of. I feel like it was kind of made for TikTok. Like, I'm sure out somewhere out there, there's a video of, of the edits with, with all of them put together. There was one where she got a laugh. I forgot what it was. Oh, what's what's funding got to do, got do to with do with it, it yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but other than yeah. that. But, I mean, here's the thing with, with these speeches. I mean, um, they're, they're kind of half pep rallies, half a wish list. Um, most, most of the times I'm like, okay, you know, how much of this will actually get done? But, you know, after that special election where they replaced the, uh, the two legislature legislators who got elected to the mayor roles in, in Warren and Westland, um, I actually think that there's a pretty good chance. A lot of the stuff that she proposed, uh, is actually going to get done because she still, she, she will still have, uh, a, a democratic, uh, state legislature if, you know, those two special elections go the way everyone thinks they will. Well, and here's the other thing, Mike. These were really safe choices. I mean, all these things have been poll tested. And understand this, too, that when you're talking about pre-K for all, when you're talking about caregiver credits, those aren't just social programs. Those are pro-business programs because we know from Mackinac being with the chamber, we're going to talk to Sandy Beru in a few minutes, 
Um, those are pro-business things. Business is saying we need to get more people back in the labor force, and that's what those programs are designed to do. Well, that was my first thought when I heard about the the free community college. I mean, it's not really a handout. It's it's a skilled workforce uh, attracts businesses to Michigan, and it keeps our our our, our kids from fleeing to Chicago or or wherever yeah, after sure. they graduate. But here's so. the dirty secret: just because you build it and you make it free, does not mean that they will necessarily come. And we'll explore that today too. So I don't know if you've heard by now, but Aiden Hutchinson and the Detroit Lions are one win away from going to the Super Bowl, and he's a homegrown product through and through. He played his college football uh, at Michigan, grew up in Plymouth, played his high school football at Dearborn Divine Child. Yeah, and Dearborn Divine Child head football coach Christopher Laney talks about his early days of Hutch's Pro Bowl football career with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz. He is one of the most talked about Detroiters of today, Aiden Hutchinson. He is a star with the Detroit Lions, of course. He was a star with the Michigan Wolverines, and he was a star, Kevin, with Divine Child High School. Remember that? A, a lot of people here do. They love the guy on and off the field. Taking on my alma mater, Brother Rice, just yeah. beating on our quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, as the Lions roar into the spotlight, uh, the world is seeing how great Aiden Hutchinson is. Uh, this is something Michigan football fans have known for a very long time, not just at the University of Michigan. Uh, Hutch was also a star at Divine Child. I don't know if Divine Child has ever had a player in the Super Bowl before, but Aiden Hutchinson is one win away. Let's bring in Aiden Hutchinson's uh, football coach from Dearborn Divine Child, Christopher Laney. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. Tom, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. This is so much fun. I'm so happy for Lions fans, and I can't imagine uh, the what's going on uh, over there at Divine Child. I saw it during one of the one of the games. Uh, uh, they they showed some shout outs from some teachers. Uh, I think that is so cool. I know Hutch has uh, gotten uh, tickets for teachers uh, to go to the games. Uh, somebody uh, who who gives back and who cares a great deal about it. What what, what has it been like over there? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. Uh, it's probably an understatement. You know, the kids here, the teachers, you know, the whole community at Divine Child is just so excited. Um, you know, as difficult as it is to have an NFL player come from your high school, and then for us, we you know, right here at the Detroit Lions, and uh, so it's just been been awesome. Been a been a real boost here to our community, and uh, just love cheering them on here at DC. It's amazing. How how early would you say uh, that there was uh, rec- uh, it was able to recognize that he might be somebody who could one day play in the NFL, maybe one day play in a Super Bowl? Yeah, you know, I I would say you know between his sophomore and junior year, he when he came in as a freshman, he w- he was already pretty big and athletic, but hadn't really grown into his body yet. Um, but he he's a tireless worker, and, and I think everyone sees that on the field. You know, we saw that when he was 14, 15 years old. He worked hard every practice never took plays off. And then as soon as he kind of went into his junior year, he really developed and his muscles popped. And uh, he certainly started getting some early uh, interest from some pretty big programs colleges were calling. Uh, so we knew at that point we, we had we had one that was going to go big time for us. Yeah, that's kind of when my muscles started to pop, too, when my junior year of high school. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wish. So my wife and I, we watch Hutch, and we just can't believe the guy's consistency. I mean, play after play. As you just kind of mentioned, he was like that when he was like 14, 15 years old, giving it his all. And, of course, he was a Heisman Trophy finalist and whatnot. So his character and his work ethic, how much does that – we talk about talent so often, but work ethic, character – how much does that contribute to a guy like Hutch and his uh, achieving this prestigious nomin- uh, his career that he's in right now? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think that's 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 it right there. You know, he, we've coached a lot of kids. You know, those of us have been involved in sports, a lot of talented kids have come through. Uh, but the ones that really make it to that next level, college, and then even to the pros are the ones that not only have that talent, but then have that drive, have that work ethic. Um, and, and Aiden's always had that. You know, again, he was, as a freshman, uh, he played JV football here. So he wasn't like a four-year varsity player. Uh, he really worked. He worked. Um, mm. You know, his dad, Chris, is a, a former player. And I know Chris instilled that in him. Uh, Chris mentioned to me before that I told him when he started playing football, you have to play hard every play or you're not going to play. You know, and that was really instilled, I think, in Aiden at such an early age and uh, has really propelled him and his career and and uh, just to what the greatness he's doing now. You know, really I'm, I'm sure you're proud of all, all your kids that you coach and, and throughout all the years. Uh, it's got to be extra special when one of those kids that you coach and pour so much into reaches this level. It's a rarity because it's incredibly competitive, obviously not just, uh, you know, literally on the field, but just to make it as in, turn this into a career. What are your feelings when you watch Hutch play for the Detroit Lions and where he is right now? Uh, proud, you know, just proud. He, uh, just an awesome young man, you know, outside of football, you know, as much as he does with, with the children's Mott hospital and the things he gives back, not only to divine child, but to our Southeast Michigan community. And just so proud of that. You know, we had the opportunity, some of the guys on our coaching staff to go to the draft in Vegas a couple of years ago. And, um, that was quite an experience for us and just get a little chance to, you know, observe it, you know, and then to to really know him and to know who he is and uh, just really been a, been an amazing uh, time for us. You mentioned the draft. I love the movie Draft Day and yeah. uh, and all the all the back uh, stories, trying to figure out if this guy is the right guy to draft, uh, if, he, if he's got what it takes. Did, did anyone from the NFL call you and ask you your opinion of Aiden Hutchinson and if he should be the top pick for their team? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, they do, actually. It's amazing the – the background information these NFL teams pull off of, uh, you know, guys that they're going to draft. And I guess it makes sense with the investment they're going to make, but we did, we had some teams reach out to us at divine child and ask us questions about his character. And were there ever any issues in high school? Um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And then, you know, we were at the draft and the lions had the number two pick, you know, and he was there. I was like, Oh, don't blow it. Don't blow it. You know, we were all like, please take him." Uh, and then we, then when they took him, um, it was just really amazing to see that. Well, you brought it up, so tell us what were his issues in high school. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> keep that, keep that between you and him. Let, let me ask you: When you watch him play right now, is there anything that you look at and go, "Yeah, I taught him how to do that," whether it's a spin move or, or something else, or that you can see on the field that you had at least a part in in developing in Hutch? Uh, well, I was calling the offense in those days, so I was the offensive coordinator, you know, and we. We used him as a tight end, actually, at Divine Child, and it was awesome. kind of like a cheat code out there. Yeah, we could we could throw the ball to him. He's amazingly athletic. He was a heck of a long snapper. You know, he never came off the field. But uh, sometimes we joke around here and say, well, at least we didn't screw him up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we certainly had some great coaches on staff back at, back at that time and uh, did, a, did a lot of work with Aiden. And, uh, yeah, and then he got to Michigan, and he had some great coaching there. And so he, he's been lucky that way. Are you able to use his success to motivate your current players? You know, I do that all the time. You know, when we go up in the weight room here to do an off-season workout, you know, these kids all obviously know Aiden and, 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 and see him on TV. And I, I tell them, you know, this is where it started for him. He came in, He like I said, he played JV football as a freshman, and uh, but put the work in. And, and uh, so the kids, to, to be able to see that, um, I think, helps helps us. You know, gives a little credibility to our program and uh, – 
you know, we've had some great players come through Divine Child. Uh, you know, Gary Danielson was a Divine Child guy. Uh, Pat Shermer came through here. Tom Doring. We have we've had guys that have gone to the to the NFL. Uh, 